Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Alicia Ergal, a registered dietitian who has a passion for working in long-term care, creating recipes, cooking, and writing. She is also a beef farmer, and she enjoys sharing the health message of farming with beef in her community. Please enjoy my conversation with Alicia. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so grateful that you took the time to chat with me today. So thank you so much. And well, I just, for having me. Yeah, I just, I, I'm so glad we connected on Instagram. I feel like I connect with so many people on Instagram, but I just love our goofy connection that we yes. had over <laughs> silly pets and just stuff yes. that's non-dietitian related, which is fun. <laughs> yes, it is fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I'm happy that you're here and I, I like to kind of kick off my podcast and just kind of get a background for you of how you got interested in being a dietitian. What was kind of your path to becoming one? Well, I guess like everybody else, nobody's path to being what they end up being ever is the same. But mine um, kind of started, I guess, even as a as a young teenager and and everything. Nutrition was always at the forefront of our house. My dad had, um, you know, found out in the eighties that he had high cholesterol, and so did everybody else in the family. And so um, that started, you know, everybody in the family started talking about that and we had to you know switch the whole household over to you know everything was low fat and <laughs> skim, you know the, we had to go to skim milk and everything got you know transferred over to to whatever we you know was on the hot topic of of that time the 80s and the 90s the low fat diets and mm-hmm. you know the, the snack whales and oh. everything <laughs> yes those yes. are those things they still haunt us don't they <laughs> they absolutely do they absolutely do but uh, you know i was a teenager and i was i was I wanted to be an athlete, but just did not have the coordination and, and, and the, uh, the thing, the, the body structure, I guess you'd say to, to really be a really good athlete, but I really enjoyed sports and wanted to be involved in sports, but I wasn't, I played basketball, I was in the band. And so it was just really active and, and, you know, with, and my mom, um, just trying to make sure that we had good nutrition at home. And then, so then fast forward to um, the end of my high school years, my mom was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. And so then there was this whole other aspect of, of, you know, what do we do now as far as, you know, eating patterns and then she was sick and, you know, what did we do? And um, I I actually left home right after I graduated from high school and I moved to, um, to Tuscaloosa to where the University of Alabama is, but I never really had any goals of being a dietitian at that point. Like that was never even a thought in my mind. My goal at that point was, was I wanted to be a nurse Mm -hmm. and that was the direction I was going in. I was going to be a nurse. And so I went to um, a community college here, here in town and got accepted into the REM program. And, um, just really thought that that's what I wanted to do. And and I ended up taking my first nutrition class. I never really had a formal nutrition class and took my first nutrition class from this. uh, She's a wonderful nutrition teacher at the community college here. And um, I just 
really loved learning more about nutrition. It was just a basic, you know, it wasn't even nutrition 101. I actually think it was more of a health class, but, mm. um, but we ended up, you know, spending a whole lot of time on nutrition and, um, through the course of that, that year, that semester, my mom ended up getting very sick. And anyway, she ended up passing away the next year. Mm. And that's when I decided I, I was like, I don't think I need to go into nursing. Like, I don't think this is what I need to do the rest of my life. And for the life of me, I cannot remember why when I applied to the University of Alabama, I put nutrition as my major. <laughs> I guess it was, <laughs> I really didn't even know that that meant being a dietitian. Like, I don't even really think I knew what that meant at that point. I just knew that I enjoyed that nutrition class so much. And I really thought, hey, I really want to study this some more. And the basics, the core was about the same as what I was taking for nursing school. So I thought, you know, I, I think I'm just going to, you know, move over into that. And so I did. And that's when I really realized that was where I needed to be. Everything just kind of clicked for me. It all made sense. Um, even the chemistry made sense, which doesn't make sense right. now that I'm thinking about it. How did, <laughs> how did, how did organic chemistry make sense? I, well, yeah. it just did at that point in time. <laughs> but, but I was young and, you know, didn't know any better, I guess. But anyway, I just loved learning. I loved nutrition. I loved the chemistry of it. I loved the science of it. And the, it just ever changing, you know, of course, what we learned in the... <laughs> the nineties about <laughs> nutrition. It's not, not exactly what we're practicing these days, but, um, but it, it was just, it was, I, you know, I felt like that was where I needed to be. And so um, I did really well in school, ended up again, had no idea what being a dietitian, what that was going to do and what that meant for me. And, um, you know, and then they start talking about, well, are you going to get an internship? Or are you going to stay here and do the coordinated program? And I'm like, what's what? that? <laughs> <That's something. laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I ended up, I, I applied to the coordinated program and got in on the first cycle. So um, they had, at that point in time, we're running two different cycles of students, one in the fall, the one that started in the fall and one that started in the spring. And I ended up starting in the fall of that year. Um, I, I guess it was about 1998, I guess, 97, 98, 98, I guess it was. And uh, I started started in that. And just again, it was one of those things where I was like, well, OK, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, I just fell in love with it and really fell in love with diabetes education and thought that was really where my career path would go. Um, I wanted to be a certified diabetes educator. I did my um that summer, the I can't remember the exact name of the class or the course that they called it where you did, I guess it was like independent study for the coordinated program. Um, I actually did it at a camp for children with diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where I thought I would end up. And, um, you know, graduated from college and the job offer that I got straight out of college was long term care. And it was very, it was a convenient job. I didn't have to pick up and, and move. I could commute from where I was living at the time. And, and so I ended up um, taking a job in long-term care and it's, I've had several roles in between long-term care and long-term care, but that's where I still am is long-term care. Uh, I started off there and, and, and worked, um, 
about eight or nine months I traveled. It, it was a, I had to commute a little over an hour one way. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, the drive kind of got to mm-hmm. me and there was a, a per diem position came open at the hospital here in town. And, um, so I took a per diem position with the hospital, which was great because I was able to do a little bit of everything. They, they used me in every area. I worked some rehab. I did some home health. Um, I worked in the diabetes education. Um, um, they, they have a, my whole dedicated diabetes education. Um, um, I don't like really a know program. what the word is. Just kind of like, like a, a program. Yeah, like a certified yeah. program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like an outpatient program, yeah. yes. And so I was able to work in that some and then, of course, work in all areas of clinical, which I loved. I loved the clinical aspect from, you know, starting off in nursing. So um, I, I did that and then I moved from there over to uh, I actually did worked in um, Jerry Psych. And so oh, I worked in that. Interesting. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite jobs. I loved that job. I did more food service in that job and um, loved working with um, with that population just because it, it was just so interesting and they were all just, just, I mean, just so, um, they were kind. I mean, I don't, I don't, it, it was just a fun job. I loved working in that job, loved the people that I worked in, in that facility with and uh, still friends with Aww, a lot of them. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, but they ended up closing that that particular facility, the Jerry Psych unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up closing it, and so I got moved over to. Um, it was an uh, more of an adolescent unit, and I worked. I was full food service there, and I worked in that for just a short period of time when I got the job offer for the job that I'm still working in. Um, so that's been almost 17 years ago. Oh, <laughs> so, you're not that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> so, so I ended up moving over, and I, I, I've been in this job for almost 17 years, and uh, it's it's been great. I'm a consultant for. Um, I have had up to five homes at uh, five nursing homes, and now um, I, I have four nursing homes and two that are really close to where I live and two that are kind of outliers. And, um, I just enjoy being able to, um, be in different facilities and be around a different group of people every day and, um, seeing different residents and interacting, um, with them. And it's just, I've always enjoyed that aspect of it, of not being in, in one facility all day, every day. Um, so it, it definitely is an adjustment from being in one facility, but sure. I, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. So how, when you think about, you know, like you said, I really thought I was going to do diabetes, <laughs> you know, like yes. that was the thing I was going to do. <laughs> like looking yeah. back, do you think like, I guess like I always feel like as dietitians, we always have like this passion that we really enjoy and we love doing. We're like, I think I'm going to work in this, but then something like, you know, something as simple as proximity, you know, when you think about it's close to home, I can, you know, it's not a far drive. Like we kind of feel like, oh, well, I kind of gave up a dream because of things like that. But I think those things are important because otherwise you're going to hate your job. Don't you kind of think that? Absolutely. I mean, I ended up, I got to see diabetes education and do and work in that diabetes education program. And I realized in doing that, that that wasn't what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. The, it, 
I had a very good mentor. She was a fantastic educator, um, but it just wasn't, I just didn't click there. That wasn't where I needed to be. And I guess, you know, there's, there's a greater plan there because when I, when I came over to this company that I've been working for for 17 years, this is where I actually met my husband. Mm, so we'll see that. So, works yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It actually, it worked, it worked out really well. And, you know, and, and I never saw myself, um, I kind of thought for a few minutes in college that I wanted to do food service. And then once I kind of got, did it a few times, I thought, well, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> but now it's funny because I kind of ride the fence on both of it. I do a lot of clinical, but I also do some food service. And then, of course, I have what how I connected with you on Instagram. Um, my husband and I are in the cattle business. Our family, our whole family is in the cattle business. I did not grow up in the cattle business. So, okay. I was going to ask uh, you that. I was like, well, did you yeah. grow up in a farming family or no? I did not. No. I did not. <laughs> no, no. Um, so that's been a learning curve for me. And so in, in to, and to be, it's, I don't guess it's on the food service side of it, to, but to be on the cooking end of it now, developing recipes and, and, and working with beef and working with, with Alabama Cattlemen's Association and, and doing all that, that has just been something I would have never dreamed I would have ever done. And of course I enjoy every minute of it. Um, but my husband's family has been in the cattle business his, his whole life. That's all he's, he's really ever known was farming. And, um, I grew up in a very, very rural area, but my granddaddy had long since gotten out of, he, he had been a chicken farmer and he had, long since gotten out of that when I came along. So, um, we, we had our garden and we had, um, things like that. But as far as like large scale production, you know, agriculture, that's not what, what my family did. So, um, this is the cattle business has definitely been a learning curve for me. Um, but I've enjoyed it and I love working in it and working in the beef industry has been great. I think that's so awesome that you have, first of all, that you have so much variety in your, you know, in your, in your current job, but then also in your home life and how those have meshed in being a dietitian. Like you've, you know, taken all the experiences that you've had, you're applying them to your long-term care, but now you have, you married into a family and now that's, you know, very much paired well with being a dietitian. Yes. Yes, it has. And I, like I said, I never would have dreamed even, even when I got into it, you know, when, when my husband and I started, we to get, he and I together with, with his cousin and his wife, we started our own cattle business. Even when we did that, I still wasn't looking at maybe I can start work hmm. as, you know, promoting beef recipes or as promoting beef. Like I never really put myself as the dietitian in with that I just said well this is the family business this is what we're going to do sure. you know I just I really didn't put the dietitian aspect on it and you know the more I got into it the more I saw well this is you know this is great and um through through the cattle business and through um we we started up a website and so then I had to learn how to how to manage a website, which is <laughs> now you're totally. a technology guru too. <laughs> well, I, you know, there's days I look at the website and I'm like, well, I could probably make that look better, but um, <laughs> but I tried to start, you know, I tried to I wrote some blogs and and got those up on the website and and they're they're more um, 
faith-based farming blogs. They don't really have oh, a whole, yeah. uh, anything to do with uh, nutrition or beef per se, but I keep all that, you know, kind of on Instagram and, and Twitter, my recipes and stuff. But it's, I really never realized that cooking would, would come into play at some point. I always kind of, kind of like to cook and I paid attention to some of the ladies that I work with that's been cooking longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. And, and really paid attention and tried to listen when they talked about this is how you do it. But I never thought I would it would come around to me as a dietitian using that to promote beef. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. interesting. Well, and I think it's interesting too how you do you when with your long term care that you're doing. Are you is it your own business and you you're contracted so you're basically not working for the the facilities, you're just a contract position. No, I am actually full-time employed by a company. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they call us consultants, I guess, is, uh, mainly to satisfy the regulation requirements of having to have either a full-time or a consultant dietitian. And so um, I, I'm called a consultant, but I actually work for um, NHS management. Okay. So, um, that's who I've been working for 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 seventeen almost would be seventeen years next month. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, so that's how yeah. you how they manage all the long term care facilities that you work yes. at. Okay, yes, that makes sense. Yes, they're a large group of um, long term care facilities, um, primarily in Alabama, but we have some in, we have some nursing homes in Florida, in Arkansas, Missouri. Interesting. Okay, because I know some some dietitians do actually contract, like they they seek out these pri their yes. own private contracts. So I was like, gosh, yes. that, I couldn't imagine having to go out and find you know like five or six different contracted places yes. to work for. I have a friend that does that. She actually works for for a consulting company, so I guess they find her the the contracts. But um, oh, gotcha. I have I have only ever worked as a consultant with. With, as an, an employee of that company. So I don't really, you know, I don't have to worry about the business aspect of having to, yeah. you know, to, to drop my own contracts or, or to have to purchase my own liability insurance and those types of things. You know, I've always worked for a company that has taken care of that for me, which is, it, it's a great thing. Um, it's not that I would recommend one o over the other, but mm -hmm. it, it's definitely working for a company as a consultant definitely has its benefits. That's good to know because I don't know if a lot of dietitians really know that that, that kind of company exists that can yes. that you can work for that way. So then like you're right, then you don't have to worry about like healthcare benefits and like managing all the day-to-day -day, like financial stuff and it can be a and lot. All, yes, and there's also this this huge network of we're we're considered the dietitians are considered at the corporate level so we have this network of these corporate dietitians that all work together because we all fall under the same policies and the same procedures and the same regulations and we all work together to make sure you know well if if we see an issue come up somewhere then we can we can all talk about it and and educate everybody else on oh well here's what happened um, at this place let's let's change how we're doing this and then that won't happen here you know and and so it's 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 very it's been a very very good thing to have you know all of these dietitians some of them are I'm kind of I guess in the middle of them right now there's some younger than me and then there's some older than me 
that um, that I'm working with and and everybody's an asset because you've got some of us older dietitians that say, well, you know, 10 years ago, yes, that was the case. But today we can't do that. Or, or today, mm-hmm. here's what we have to do where we've got the younger people coming in going, well, the research now says this, you know, so the, the younger people kind of keep us up to date on technology and, yeah. and, <laughs> and different things. And, and it's good to have those people. I think as a dietitian, that's one of the most important things that you can have is a really good mentor, whether it's somebody that you work with or somebody that you maybe was your instructor at school or you, you really need that because, you know, when you pass that RD exam, that doesn't mean you're going to know what to do from here on out. Right. (laughs) We know that all too well. Yes. Yes. Well, and like you said, how it changes too and why we need to have a broad spectrum of expertise. You know, it can be like the newer ones, it can be the older ones, but they, if you have that network that helps you not feel like you're all alone too, that you have that support and you have that connection. Absolutely. And, you know, I have friends that work for, for themselves, you know, they're, they're contract dietitians and they'll call us, you know, because <laughs> we're, you know, we're all, hey, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all in it together, you know, in long-term care. I mean, long-term care is so heavily regulated and I don't, I don't know if people really understand just how regulated we are. I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard this said and, and I'm, I'm guessing it's true, but we, we are regulated second only to nuclear power plants. So really? if you, yeah. So if you look at the, oh the regulation book as to all the things that they look at, anything from, you know, housekeeping issues all the way up to, you know, your nurses, your your um, director of nursing, your administrator, all the way up. I mean, we're regulated from, I mean, just microscopic levels all the way up to the big picture. And. Um, it's a lot to learn and it's very overwhelming, especially for somebody that might be straight out of school going into long-term care might would go, yeah, I, I don't think I want to do this, but mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah, surveys are very intimidating, you know, state surveyors are, um, you know, doing their job and it can be very intimidating. And I know it was for me, you know, the first few surveys that I went through and, when you've got multiple facilities, it doesn't mm-hmm. take you but a year or two to get used to it because you've got anywhere <laughs> from five to, you know, five or more a year, depending on how, how they how they feel. So, you know, I, I kind of got used to it really quickly. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also interesting, you know, how when you think about the baby boomer population and Mm -hmm. how much like, I mean, long term care is going to just keep growing as far as people being in those types of facilities. Yes, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, we've been in a really difficult time right now over the past several months with with long term care and and people not getting to come and visit their their loved ones and, and trying to be really creative with how, you know, we can um, help, help our residents be in contact, whether it's, you know, the, the video uh, chatting or the, or um, uh, window visits. We have families that come, come to the windows and, and, and things like that. So, um, and then having um, care plan meetings and trying to figure out how do we how do we keep the family involved and and conference calling them and and 
it's it has been it has been a challenge and um I guess I'm I'm thankful to have been in it as long as I have that I was able to that I guess we were all kind of able to adapt a little better but I would really my heart would go out to to any dietitian that was a new long-term care dietitian when this pandemic hit. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? No. I can't. <laughs> I would have cried. I'd have been like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" Well, there was there was days that I I think I was um, you know, you just think, "Well, this is it. This is the day I'm going to lose my mind because you just really don't know like what's going to happen next. You know, are you going to have enough employees in the kitchen? Are yes. you, you know, because those are things as a consultant, I have to worry about a little bit of everything, not just mm-hmm. the clinical aspect of it. So, um, you know, being support for my dietary managers that are in that one facility all day, every day and, sure. and having, you know, employees that are, that are, you know, the employees in the kitchen, maybe they're scared or upset or, or maybe even they've lost a family member, you know, you just, mm-hmm. and it, just being a support for them and, and trying to listen to them and, you know, get supplies when you've got a 200 bed facility that everybody's got to be fed on styrofoam for, you know, yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, when we had to transition to, to paper goods because of, um, um, the area, you know, was in such, we had such high numbers in this, Mm. in this County and everything. And it, it, there were, there were days that really like we've had a lot of people retire that that I've worked with for years that just this has kind of I think they were like, Okay, I'm 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 done. I'm retiring. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I which I understand. Absolutely. I mean, like <laughs> you know, if we could, we probably would too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like those are conditions. Like as a consultant for as long as you've been one, like you haven't seen anything like this before as far as, you know, serving people on plates and styrofoam and switching over to that and that's a huge other animal that you're like, okay, well, I got to figure this out now. So even as long as you've been a dietitian in long-term care, it doesn't mean that you still aren't posed with different and new experiences. Exactly. And, you know, they, we're, because we're government regulated and, and state regulated and, and county regulated, you know, we've, we've got so many regulations and they're just doing the best they can to try to protect, you know, the residents and protect us as healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it, it's ever changing and the regulations are ever changing. And it's something that you have to be willing to adapt Yes, sure. we're willing to adapt to change. And, um, you know, I, I I have been in this so long that I, I was in the transition from when I charted in a chart, like I wrote in a chart. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, girl. Yes. I did that too. My hand. <laughs> and, then, and then had to transition to a computer. So, yes. yes. And, and <laughs> that was hard. That was, and yeah, yeah. We transitioned uh, one year and we, we took up one home at a time. And I, I don't know if I was fortunate or unfortunate enough to be the pilot home for um, our company, which, at the time, our company had about 40-something nursing homes. We're over 50 now. But um, at the time, there was about 40-something nursing homes in the company. And we went, we transferred over to this computer system. And like I said, was I fortunate or unfortunate? I'm not sure. But <laughs> I was I was the pilot home. And I was the only dietitian. And so, um, you know, then I was the one trying to educate 
the other dietitians, when we started bringing them up one home at a time, hey guys, this is what we've got to do. And, and um, again, was I fortunate or unfortunate? Not sure. I think I was, I think two or three of my homes were the first ones that came up. Were they? Yeah. Of course yeah. they were. Well, our, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our corporate office is, is local to me. And so, um, they they kind of went with the with the local facilities, you know, to bring up first. So that was a, that ever changing something something changing all the time, and then uh, the regulations of, you know, well now you got a chart like this, and oh you know, mm-hmm. oh now we've got to calculate BMI. Of course, it's been like ten years ago since we had to do that, but it seems like <laughs> it was just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old BMI, right? When they finally, when they finally said it's a requirement now, you got to start putting BMI, and, and and I was like, do do we really want to okay. do this? Yes, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing I remember from clinical is calculating BMI. I can still like whip it out on my calculator, and I'm like, this is crazy. How do I remember that? Oh, <laughs> of yes. all things. Yes. Nuts. <laughs> I mean, I finally got to a point where I I actually sat down one day and. and and I made an Excel spreadsheet where you could put their height and weight in and it would calculate their BMI and their oh, calories genius. <laughs> and their calories and protein <laughs> requirements. So I don't have to, I don't have to do it by hand all the time. So that was smart. Well, I had to do something when you, when you got that many, you got to calculate. Right. When you have that many, you have to chart on. Yes. Holy moly. <laughs> and you got to get it done today because I got to be in another facility tomorrow, you know? So, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's so interesting that you've, you've kind of stuck with that career. And obviously, it's something that's worked really, really well for you and your family and allowing you to do the stuff, you know, with the Alabama Beef Council, too, I think is amazing. How did you ever hook up with, how did you ever kind of get started besides, you know, with your family farming? But how did you get kind of hooked up with the Beef Council? Well, um I was uh, active on Twitter, I guess, with my, with, with, our cattle company and um, the media person from Alabama Cattlemen's Association started seeing that this premier Angus genetics kept liking all her posts. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so she goes and she finds premier Angus genetics. Well, who is this? You know? And so she goes to our website and then she sees that I write a blog. And so she starts reading my blogs and Somehow or another, she found me. Um, I, I mean, I guess, well, our contact info is on our website. So she she contacted me and wanted to do um, an article in the Alabama Cattlemen's Association magazine that goes out monthly on um, Alabama farm blogs. And I just happened to be one of them. And so she um, she wrote this. It was really nice article this um girl her name's Kayla this girl wrote and it was this really nice article and it it highlighted our farm and and my blogs and this and this other girl from um Alabama and her her farm and their blogs and everything and through all that she began to see you know that I was well she's a dietitian and she writes these blogs and she's a cattle farmer and so um, that's just kind of how I fell into they um, needed somebody on contract to um, to uh, do their blogs. Um, I write a blog once a month for um, the the blog website for Alabama Academy and then to, to post on Instagram and Twitter um, recipes, either original ones that, that I come up with or also um, I use a lot of beef. It's what's for dinner recipes because those are mm-hmm. great recipes. Um, and so that's how I 
I kind of kind of fell into that. I've been doing that a couple of years now. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it's been right at two years. I think it's I just signed my second year contract or, or actually for the third year. I've been doing it two full years. So I just signed my third year contract with them. And just I enjoy that because it's it's a different outlet. It's not quite as um I don't want to say stressful as long-term care, but it's just, I've been doing long-term care for so long. It's kind of a good outlet um, to be able to enjoy um, the things that I've come to love, which is working on the farm, working with my family in in the beef industry, learning more about that, but also to be involved in the nutrition aspect of it and actually using some of that knowledge that, that I had tucked away back there. I had to, had to kind of dig it out of that. So, um, but yeah, that it was, um, it's just been, it's kind of been a good, a, a good outlet and something fun that I can do with my nutrition background and being a cattle farmer and, um, just being a part I of that. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I think your recipes are amazing. Oh, They're awesome. And you also do t- like you've done TV with them too. So you have media exposure that you actually have to like do that as well. Yes. Yes. I, I, I did. I just recently did a, 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 a recipe segment with, it was out of Mobile. It was a CBS station out of Mobile, Alabama that, um, I was actually very fortunate that they asked me to do that. That was a great opportunity, and I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. The host was great too, so that was it. Made it yeah, made awesome. it a little easier <laughs> um, for me to kind of. I, I was a little nervous about it, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing that, and um, and I like doing that. I like doing um, at, before covid um i did quite a few speaking engagements for alabama cattlemen's i would go to um schools i had a a culinary program at at a couple schools that we would talk to and then uh one of our local universities sanford university in birmingham um me and uh, the education outreach director for alabama cattlemen's would speak at in, in the nutrition classes at sanford um so that's, I, I really enjoy doing that too, just to, because there's so much misinformation out there about how beef cattle are handled, how beef is processed mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the, we're still kind of riding on that beef is not a healthy option. And, you know, I do think there's been some turnaround with that. I guess we can kind of thank the keto and the carnivore diets for that. Yes, <laughs> but, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but you know, I think there there's just so much misinformation out there, and I love to to be with the younger, you know, the students. They are the college age students to to be that advocate for bee farmers to say, "Hey, I know what you see on TV, and I know what you saw on Netflix, but that's not real life." here's what real life is. And I have a slideshow of what we do on our farm and, and um, that we're, you know, we're, we're registered Angus beef cattle and, and we do embryo transfers and, you know, we have all of our calves at this one time and they're well taken care of. And, um, you know, and, and just trying to educate them on, you know, if you don't want to eat beef because you don't like it or because you just really don't, want to eat beef that's hey you know that's fine you know but educate yourself if you if you want to be an 
um, advocate against it, I guess is what is, is, but there's right. so much misinformation out there and people get so much misinformation that they think is credible. Um, and there are people out there that ruin it, you know, for, for everybody, you know, those are the people that, that make it to the news. Um, but the, the vast majority of farmers are, are, are hardworking people because, and, and they take care of their animals because that's their livelihood. Um, they, right. Right. And you're the perfect person to spread that message because you are the nutrition expert and you are a beef farmer and you love both of those yes. things. And you're not going to, you're not going to speak, like you said, farmers, this is their livelihood and they're not going to, they're not going to do anything that isn't going to be safe for their families or for anyone else when it comes to their business. Exactly. And, and, and that's just, you know, just the tip of the iceberg for what I, you know, I want them not just to understand, you know, the beef handling and, and everything, but also to, to understand the nutrition aspect of it, too. And it's just it's been a really good opportunity for me too to learn more about it myself, you know, having not grown up in the in the cattle industry um, mm -hmm. and to learn how to um, how, how to handle cattle. And, um, you know. I, I became BQA certified, which is Beef Quality Assurance, um, BQA certified. And, of course, all of us that work on the farm are BQA um, certified. Um, but, you know, learned a lot through that and just learning about different forages and what what our cattle eat. And and it's just a it's a very interesting uh, ruminant nutrition is so interesting. I, I wish I knew more about ruminant nutrition, but um um, I kind of stay in my lane with human nutrition at this point, but, um, but I do, I do. Maybe someday. Yeah. yeah I do love to learn about that. And, and, uh, and I, I met a, a, um, he was, he's a PhD of animal nutrition. And, um, I met him at a, at a conference and I was like, Hey, I'm a dietitian. And he was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we kind of talked about how people, um, you know, just kind of gave him a dirty look sometimes for eating beef and and how it was just such, you know, the nutrition information surrounding beef had just gotten really a bad rap. And, and it's just not the case. And so I really I've had a good time with that. I've had loved meeting the people that work in the cattle industry and in the beef industry and it's it's been a lot of fun and I hope to That's I hope awesome. to continue that and continue to do more and more of that and, and to be a, a voice and to be an advocate to say, Hey, this, you know, here's what we do and this is, you know, the vast majority of farmers do because they, they take care of their livelihood. <laughs> Right, yeah. right. It would just be like anyone else. I mean, I don't know why people think that's different. And sometimes I feel like don't, maybe and you can talk to this too, but I feel like in our profession, there are, there's people in our profession that don't educate themselves on animal products and beef especially, but they already have formed their opinion and they already share mm -hmm that beef is unhealthy, you know, and I think that's frustrating, you know, from my perspective, but I'm sure from your perspective too, that it's, you know, we've got dietitians that are saying, Oh, don't eat beef and it's bad for you and go hundred percent plant-based and blah, blah, blah. And, yes. and I'm like, you know, we as a nutrition profession can't single out a certain group of food and share that information. If it's not, if they're not educated. Yes. On it. Yes. And it, it's, 
you know, it becomes increasingly difficult when you when you have stuff on the news about plant based and the environment and all that kind of stuff. And and to to try to and one of the things that, that I always tell the students that I talk to is like when you're when you're on social media, when you're um, talking with people, whether it's about beef nutrition or whether you're talking about carbs, you've got to be willing to listen to the other side and and. You want to listen and you want to hear them and you want to fight fair because if you if you shove your thoughts down their throat, they're not ever going to pay attention to you. Um, and so that's why it and I've had students that, you know, they come in and they really don't even really like the fact that <laughs> I'm in the beef industry. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't oh, know about that. Sure. And, and I'm like, that's OK. <laughs> you know, that's OK. You you. I wasn't raised, you know, around cattle either. And that's okay that you feel that way, you know, but get the real information and listen to our side of it. And and I've had people say, you know what? I, I don't care that you eat beef. I don't care that you raise beef. I don't eat it because I don't like it, you know? And I'm like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, that's fine that you don't like it. But, um, you know, just to, just to, I guess as a dietitian and because there's so much bad information, we still have to listen and not tune people out because I think the only way we're going to change their mind is to, is to listen to what they have to say first. And then they'll be more apt to listen to what we have to say. It doesn't mean we have to agree with everything they say, just like they're not going to agree with everything we say, but just to be able to listen and okay, well, where did you, where did you hear that? Um, you know, is that, did you read that in a published article? Right. <laughs> did you see it on, read it on Facebook? Yeah. 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 Did <laughs> yeah. you watch a documentary? Like what, Yeah. where did all that information come from? But, but to be, I think to be a good advocate, we have to be a good listener and just, and just, and that not just with beef, but with, with just nutrition in general, to be a good, an advocate of good mm-hmm. nutrition. I can't not have friends who are vegan or, you know, like right, I've got to be right. able to talk to those people um, who, who have chosen to be vegan for whatever reason or another, you know, I, I think we have to be willing to listen, to get them to listen to us um, and not be that, um, you know, I eat beef and you're wrong because you don't, you know, we, cause when right. you do that, they're definitely not going to listen to you. No, that's so true. And that <laughs> is so true. And that's a good message too. Like I, I agree. Like I, you know, I love beef, I eat beef, but sometimes I might think a little bit differently about a vegan. So I know I have to do my part and just understand that they've chosen this lifestyle and I've chosen this lifestyle and that's just the way it is. And everybody can play nicely together. Like that's exactly that. Yes, that's exactly what I think everybody. <laughs> and we can talk about anything from nutrition to anything in the world. Yeah, if we would just, uh, you know, everybody's got different opinions, and that's okay. And we everybody and and help everybody, and you know, it's it's one of those things where you just have to. Um, Sometimes yeah. you just have to smile like, and move on, but, it, and there are people that are, you know, yeah, there are people that are impossible to get along with, you know, they don't, they're, they're set 
that they're not going to like your opinion and they're not exactly. going to listen to you. So don't waste your breath. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> smile and move on, you know. So what does the future kind of look like for you? Anything? I know that you said you'd love to keep continuing working with, you know, the Beef Council. Is there what else are things that you are passionate about yes. in your future? Well, I, I do. I do love um, working in in with the Beef Council. Um, I I've always liked my job in long term care and would um, would continue to do this as yeah. I guess as long as they'll have me. Um, um, but um, you know, we've my husband and I have we have younger kids and and we love spending time with them and making time for them and, um, and they're in all kinds of stuff and we try to keep them busy and, and keep them in, in the off seasons of athletics and stuff. We keep them busy on the farm. And so just, um, just continuing to do what we do, I guess, but just trying to maintain a level head. You have a lot going on. Yeah. You get through a lot going on. I mean, just having a family farm and then working and then having kids. I mean, that is a crazy life you got going sister. <laughs> Well, we're very, very, very fortunate. We have family that live on the farm that will to, to, to help with today. Um, my husband works very hard, um, on the weekends, uh, when he can, when mm -hmm. we all can be there when it's not yep. football, <laughs> football season for, for the oldest. And, um, so, uh, well, and the younger, uh, one too, she, she's oh, cheerleader. Yeah. So we, our Saturdays are kind of <laughs> tied up. Yeah. Saturdays are kind of tied up right now, but, um, but, um, we just sit, we enjoy keeping that, um, and working with our family too, and being with, um, um, with our family up there that help take care of all that. They're just in a, a lot to learn from, um, from them, those that have been in the cattle business a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be longer, but, no, um, but, but just a lot to learn from them and, and, um, spending time with them. And it sounds like but, you have yeah, a good balance it's though. Been like busy you have, for everybody. everything's kind of balanced out pretty well. We, we try, we try, we, we want to keep the kids busy with something all the time, just because I feel like if they're busy doing sports or, extracurriculars, whatever it might be, then that's less time at home on a device or yes, um, <laughs> I would, I would rather them, you know, be involved in, in however many things that, that they enjoy. Um, obviously we don't, we don't want them to do anything they don't want to do as far as extracurriculars, but stuff that they enjoy doing. Um, so we, we enjoy keeping them busy with that and staying busy with that too. And, and working on the farm and, and they love, they love it. They love working on the farm. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they love working <laughs> on the farm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah they especially well, like I, having season. I, so. <laughs> oh, I bet that's a fun yeah. time. That's a really yeah. fun time on the yeah. farm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tiring. Yes. Well, I, I bet it is. I'm sure, you know, having a maternity ward is probably exhausting, yeah. but... <laughs> The end result absolutely. is great. <laughs> absolutely. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I think your journey so far, I know you have a lot of journey left and I, I can't wait to continue to follow you and, and all your 
adventures. I just love everything that you post oh, and share you. and just kind of know now knowing your background too, it's so exciting to kind of see it all thank come you. together. So yeah, I think that's so great. Um, now that I've asked you all the easy questions, I have to ask you um, hard yes. questions. So are yeah. you ready? <laughs> Why don't you share with me some food or foods that you enjoy? Um, all of them. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Check the box. I, I love that. I, just, I really do like food. Um, I guess would be it's a local thing too. Krispy Kreme donuts are just absolutely a hot and now Krispy Kreme donut. I'm just not sure that there's much else on this planet that can compare to that. Um, but uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, a good steak is is always in 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 a mm. in my mind as well. But I like I do I, I love steaks and I, I love cheeseburgers. Um, those are some mm. some of my favorites. Um, but I mean, I, that list could go on and on and on. But I, I would. I would <laughs> <laughs> Those are your top. <laughs> Those would be some of my tops right now, for sure. For sure. And I mean, I, as a Southerner, I, I do like fried chicken. Um, oh, gosh. I, mm -hmm. I, I, and I have some friends that can really, really cook some really good fried chicken. So <laughs> I really do like fried chicken. And you Absolutely. can eat it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um. What beverages do you enjoy or beverage? I I really I drink a lot of like flavored water. That's not real exciting, is it? Um, mm. No, it's, it's fine. Really <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Exciting. I really do like chocolate milk, though. <laughs> um, that's uh, I, I like regular white milk, but chocolate milk is the, you know a Krispy Kreme donut and chocolate it's milk delicious. is this. <laughs> I, I, I've often said I was going to compose like the foods found in heaven and Krispy Kreme donuts is like right up there. Hot now. Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> and now add chocolate milk to that. <laughs> add chocolate milk to that. A Krispy Kreme donut. Oh. Hot Krispy Kreme donut with chocolate milk. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like the winning combination. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, any scents or smells that you enjoy? Um, I really vanilla, anything vanilla for some reason is just the top of my list. Anything that's kind of vanilla smell. Um, I do love that. And, and something kind of, I don't know if it's kind of odd, a smell that I, I do like is I love like, and I don't cook with them a whole lot. Um, but onions like saute and onions, just the smell of that, um, and, and it's not necessarily the onions themselves, but it reminds me, my grandparents cooked a lot with onions, I guess, because my granddaddy grew onions. And it reminds me of their house oh. because they they um, they would cook a lot with, with onions, like I said, I guess, because granddaddy had a lot of them. And that, it kind of brings back those those memories of going to my grandparents. They lived Aww. right next door, but I was there all the time. So... <laughs> That really oh, that's such a sweet memory. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I like that. Aw. And um, any movies or shows that you enjoy? What do you have time for any of that? that I don't know. I, with all your stuff going I, on, I constantly need like noise in the background. So I typically turn on. I'll turn on a show or or something that I've watched a thousand times that I don't have to look at. 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> to pay attention yeah. To. <laughs> um, the office is at the top of my list, I guess. And then uh, mm-hmm. the Andy Griffith show, watch a lot of Andy Griffith. Um, oh. And then <laughs> that's totally, <laughs> totally different ends of the spectrum there. It's from and I do, um, I, you know, right now it's, I guess I'm just trying to get through the rest of 2020, but Christmas movies right now, the Hallmark movies is kind of, like, oh. yeah, on the Hallmark channel. Yeah. Terrible. It's so cliche, <laughs> I know, but yeah, yeah, I do enjoy a good Hallmark movie. But they're usually they so are. happy. Yeah. Like they're so happy and they have a good right. ending. Like that's, that's exactly right. And I think that's why I've kind of <laughs> leaned on that more this year really than any other year was, is like, we're going to start watching Christmas movies the day after Halloween. <laughs> so. Yes. Good plan. Yes. <laughs> and finally, what brings you joy in life, my dear? Uh, um, the, I guess the biggest joys that I have is, is, is my family, my husband and my kids. They're just, um, they're just, I don't know that I just love them so much and they're just, happy and and um my daughter is just endlessly happy and my son he he's he's always bringing joy my husband and it it just we're just they bring me joy I mean I'm sure I drop them crazy most of the time but they they are they're they're just it's just a joy to have and so thankful to to be um to be able to have a family and and to have healthy kids and it that just that's I'm very thankful for that very blessed oh even on crazy Saturday that's football correct. and cheerleading or the, the afternoons <laughs> where, where he had baseball tryouts and went straight to basketball practice then went oh, straight gosh. to football practice so yeah that, <laughs> and while she was at cheer practice so that was all in one afternoon so yeah it's it, yeah Oh yeah, but my it, gosh. I mean, we work through it one day at a time and, and, and get through it just like everybody else. I mean, you just get through today and then worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. That is such a good way to, to kind of capture it all. Like just focus on today and you'll yeah. figure it Hopefully. out tomorrow. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Oh, well, such a lovely meeting you, quotes, air quotes, and chatting with you. And of course, we'll stay connected. But thank you so much for sharing everything about your your profession and your home and everything that you do and your farm. And I think it's amazing what you're doing. I really have enjoyed this and appreciate it. Well, good. And we'll... Hopefully, I feel like I just need to like rent out a house somewhere and just like bring all my podcast guests and we could all like <laughs> that would be so person. fun. <laughs> be so, that's like my long term dream, but hopefully, someday we get that opportunity. That to, would be to fantastic. I would too. love that. Alicia and I connected in such an organic way over pets, and it just speaks to how down to earth she is. I think it is so special. She is a dietitian and a bee farmer. And her approach to talking with people about beef and farming is so level-headed. Education is everything, and she's doing such a great job. You must follow her on Instagram because she has some amazing beef recipes, and I recommend the corned beef Reuben soup. It is delicious. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.